This is Learn From Others, where we interview a cross-section of successful individuals so you can learn from their experiences, achievements, and even their mistakes. We ask four questions that will educate and inspire. Greg Stanley will be your guide as we join our guests on a journey from adolescent daydreaming to success in today's world. Join us on this adventure as we learn from others together. Well, welcome to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. I'm very excited to introduce our special guest, Amanda Engel. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, thank you for taking us on your career journey today. But before we find out what you're actually doing today, if you would, could you tell me, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I grew up, I used to watch the Super Bowl, and I looked at those commercials as something that was famous. So my goal in life was (laughs) to work with a product that was in an ad during the Super Bowl. So what was one of your favorite products, one that really stuck out to you? Oh, back in the day? It yeah. Was the, um, the Budweiser um, football, forget what they called that. The, the Clydesdales? Yeah, no, the actual Budweiser bottles. Oh, right. Uh, they would fight on the field. Each other. Right. Yes. And actually, and the other thing they had were the frogs, the Budweiser frogs. And <laughs> just just about a month ago, I started working with a lady who worked on that project. So it was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Now, those, the three yeah. frogs on the lily pad in the marsh, and yeah. they would go Budweiser. Yeah. Budweiser, yeah. <laughs> the Budweiser bottles with the helmets, right? And they would... Yeah, like play the football. Bud, the Bud Bowl. That's the, Bud Bowl. <laughs> the Bud Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's really cool. Well, what were one of your favorite subjects or hobbies while in school? I liked writing, and yeah, I think writing was writing and um, social studies. Okay. Well, now, what was your first job? One where you actually got paid and felt like you wanted to perform well? Yeah. Well, I worked at a Great American Cookie Company at the age of sixteen, um, so I could drive my car. <laughs> and I scooped cookies and I cleaned brownie vats and sold, you know, Pepsi and cookies to um, high school kids walking around the mall. <laughs> They're all in malls, right? <laughs> they are, yeah. At least they were. They were all franchised. Um, I really liked the owner of that company. You know, it was kind of cool to look at a franchise from an individual standpoint and, and get in there and, and see how, you know, even a bakery worked in the business standpoint, something small like that. Yeah, that's really neat. I do recall having a few of those super large cookie cakes at birthday parties, right? Yes, I am still an icing queen. My kids are super thrilled with the way I work an icing bag. <laughs> <laughs> well, great training for back then, right? You yeah, probably do some cool yeah. stuff now. Yes, and and all that are listening, whatever job you have along the way, it will come back. <laughs> some <laughs> knowledge of it, you may need the pool whenever whenever you can. You know, it's really funny you say that because my day job is selling candy for Bazooka Candy. And I had the realization, it was never my goal, but my realization was I sold candy out of my backpack when I was in fourth grade (laughs) at school. I'm like, wow, it really does come full circle. It does come full circle. Look at that. (laughs) Yeah, really cool. Well, if you would, could you tell us what do you do today and then kind of walk us through that time at the American Cookie Company in the mall to today? Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a long that's a long journey. <laughs> Today I run a sales management agency, so I work with a plethora of brands, um, anywhere from a few million dollars to a, a startup brand, and they're um, brands that don't have the capabilities of bringing a sales staff into their company for whatever reason. Um, and I launch their product mainly on Amazon. Some of them are already there, but then we take them outside of Amazon 
and sell into other marketplaces like walmart.com or jet.com and then into retail channels such as Target or Walmart and specialty stores as well. So that's a fascinating job you have right there. So if you would take it us very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Take us from the mall to <laughs> maybe Amazon. <laughs> okay. How about that? <laughs> well, there is, there is a little transition that goes. So I worked at Great American Cookie Company in uh, a local mall here in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I used to clean cookie baths, and I was there until like 11 o'clock at night every night. Across from me was a watch stand, and their employees used to leave right when the mall closed, and they all met their friends, and they went out. And I wanted to work at that place. So (laughs) I wound up um, working at a company called Dakota Watch Company, and I changed batteries for a living, and I did that through college. Um, Fortunately for me, they are local here. Their corporate office is local in Cincinnati. And they hired me um, to do marketing and run all of the marketing campaigns out after college for their retail locations. And it turned out, much, uh, much to my disgrace, that I was not the best marketing person and that I <laughs> had a natural ability to talk and that I should have been in their sales department. So I wound up moving over into their sales department and wound up running it. So I ran the sales department for them as well as the sales department for another brand that they had created. Um, And within that time, I managed to become obsessed with the power of Amazon and how getting those two brands and controlling my brands on Amazon was a huge deal for them. By the time I had popped on and realized how to sell on Amazon, there was a lot of other people selling my products that had already gotten there and they had lowered my retail price and they had just put up false information on the product. So I was able to go and turn that around for both of these two brands. In the meantime, I was, you know, working trade shows for the brands. I was networking with brand friends, having wine with brand friends at dinner and kind of discussing, you know, the success that we had had on Amazon. And it turned out that there were a lot of people that were challenged with that. And they just asked me to start selling their stuff on Amazon and turn their brands around on Amazon. So I was working my day job as well as working my evening and weekend job. Um, I have a family, so it just became a little bit too much. Um, And I had grown that to a point where I was able to partner with a pretty interesting company here in Cincinnati. Um, They are an invention-to-shelf company. So you can come into their company with an idea. They'll build a manufacturing machine. They'll run the manufacturing machine. And then the goal for the partnership was to bring me in and I can sell their product on Amazon and move that product outside of Amazon into retail channels. And then you said you were interested in logistics. I teamed up with a logistical provider here and we do all of the fulfillment for our brands if they need it. So we do a lot of Amazon fulfillment because it's a bit challenging for people who aren't especially interested or aware of how Amazon works. It can become a challenge to get that into Amazon the proper way. So that is where I sit today. Um, I started consulting brands about a year ago. I left my day job um, a little less than a year ago. And I now have 10 brands that we're working with. That's a really amazing journey. What did you go to college for? I went to college for public relations and marketing. And I went to Miami University in Ohio here. Did that help your career? It did. It helped. It was a challenge to decide if I was going to go straight into business or public relations. And the public relations marketing combo they had offered there seemed to work well for where I was then and 
and back to that, I'm going to have a commercial. And during the Super Bowl, it, it seemed to merge into that pretty well. What it did do for me is there is a lot of writing in public relations. If you are sitting in front of a blank screen and you have a product in front of you and you have to describe that product um, in a way it's going to sell, the writing element of that public relations program was very helpful for me. Right. There is on dot-com sales, it's different than verbal sales. Um, you have to the images and your words become that salesperson behind the counter. Right. You don't have a chance to talk to them or to yeah. build that relationship. You basically have a handful of words. You've really got to bridge that, a big yes. gap. <laughs> yes. There's a handful of words and, and there are the correct words to, you know, get found. Uh, Amazon uses search terms a lot like Google uses them in SEO. So you're, your consulting business seems really fascinating because I find Amazon somewhat confusing. I mean, I get, I get it. You buy stuff at Amazon. We do it all the time. But to <laughs> actually be able to put something on there and to filter through the complexities and to make your product shine and to be able to be found, I, that is very challenging, right? Yes. Yes. But I'll tell you, there's a certain few of us out there that are completely obsessed with it. It's it's a, a geek-like thing for me. And it is a ton of fun, and I celebrate every unit that's sold for my brand. That's awesome. Well, have you had that big uh, Super Bowl moment yet? I would say that Super Bowl moment was walking away and, and starting something on my own. Doing right. a startup is really cool. Wow, that's really awesome. Well, could you kind of explain the, the general process of what you do? So you just got okay. a, a widget or a gadget that you need to make this thing sell on Amazon. Could you give us kind of the, the broad strokes of how you do that? Sometimes it depends. There's different types of widgets. Some widgets are already on Amazon, and some widgets are a brand launch or brand new. I do work with both of them, and they're two two pretty different explanations. We'll start with a, just the brand launch because it's okay. a little more simple. So if you have an idea, that's outstanding. You and I both agree that it's outstanding, and I bring you into, into my docket here. We'll get some really great images of the product. Um, I have artists that work around me. And I'm able to do Photoshop at like a second grade level. Um, <laughs> I can, <laughs> I can uh, you know, change things at the way that Amazon requires them to be. And then you write a really great headline. So the headline has to explain the product, um, but it also has to be keyword driven. You figure out what keywords are best shopped for, for whatever product that you're selling. And you build them into that headline. Um, the headline is the most important part of what your Amazon listing um, is alongside the pictures. Then you get five bullets and you write five amazing descriptions and points of what your product does. So for somebody who doesn't like to write, this seems to be a very challenging, uh, challenging, daunting process, but it's kind of like a puzzle to make sure that you're saying the right things at the right time on each of the products that you're trying to sell. Um, and then you can either ship your item directly to your customer, or you can go into an Amazon fulfillment center where you ship a box of your items into an Amazon warehouse, and then they ship to your consumer. And that is called Amazon, an Amazon FBA program, and that is how you get Prime. So that's how you will, when you shop Amazon, you'll see that Prime status. The mm -hmm. only way that you can get Prime Box is if you're in Amazon in an Amazon fulfillment center. That makes so sense. So certain, yeah, certain products. It depends. You have there's a lot of math behind it to figure out where your widget fits best, and a lot of that is based on retail price and um, oddly enough size and weight. So you just figure out for your client where they need to go, and you you go in there, you turn it on, and then you put an ad campaign behind it. And those ad campaigns are sponsored keywords that get attached to that listing 
and that's how you help get found in that Amazon search bar. So if you put in um, socks, then you'll know that your product has the potential of popping up when somebody puts the word socks in. So just to touch on Prime real quick. So Prime is my understanding, and I come from a little bit of a manufacturing background as in I was a sales rep and I'd watch the truck show up. So uh, is that all about efficiency of space as far as the Prime be able to, you know, they can manage their efficiency of space to offer free shipping? When it comes to the Prime status and how Amazon makes money on that, that is still a mystery to me. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't know how they get things as quickly as they get things. Now, what they will do is we'll ship um, products across the country. So it doesn't all go into one fulfillment center. There's a lot of, a lot of formulas I'm sure that get played into who's shopping where and what certain products should go into, you know, Maine compared to like the facility in uh, Illinois. And so there's, there's a lot of uh, mathematics behind that, I'm sure. And I'm just not sure what they are. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Okay. Well, cool. Did you want to speak a little bit about beyond the brand? I have got brands that did the same thing I did when I was a brand owner. You let Amazon go for so long. There's a lot of detail that goes into it. There's a, a lot of daunting work that goes into it. But at some point, most sales managers realize that they have to get on Amazon and they have to see what's going on. So many of my clients did this and then realized that while they were working outside of Amazon, they were selling to people who were selling on Amazon. So a distributor mm. was selling to somebody who wound up selling on Amazon, and that's what the term is, a third-party seller. So third-party sellers typically don't really care. They do to get margins, but they they don't really have to apply to a um, MSRP. So many times a brand will get onto Amazon and they'll realize that they're MSRP is lower than they wanted it to be, which will impact their business outside of Amazon. Many of my clients, I work with them to, first of all, list their product according to how they want it to be shown, and that's making sure their images are great, making sure their headline describes the product properly, doing the same stuff you do for lunch. Um, But alongside of that, I work to get rid of some of those third-party sellers because once you can remove them from selling your product, your retail price will automatically start to go up. Right. Oh, and and lots of times that product has already gotten some sort of algorithm to it, and they already have some rankings within Amazon. So once you get rid of those third-party sellers and you've got their their listing written in a way that it should be, um, they they see they see success pretty quickly. Yeah. So I guess the million-dollar question here is, how do you get those third-party folks? off of the Amazon site. Oh, that's 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 my secret sauce. That's your secret sauce. It. No, you don't have to disclose it. No, no, no. I know, like, you might have some third-party people listening, and <laughs> they may figure out who I'm selling for. No, there's uh, years and years of trial and error, and honestly, years and years of trial and error really sums up my Amazon Amazon experience, just figuring out what, what you've done, if it's wrong or right, and changing it if it's wrong and carrying forward if it's right. So that can be said for those third-party sellers too. I mean, there's methods I've tried that have produced no results. But I will say that a a marriage between a consultant or your Amazon person as well as um, the brand standing behind you to work towards that goal, really the best the best method to do that. Yeah, that makes great sense. And I can just picture like if I sell socks and I want to sell my socks on Amazon, but I've got a third party supplier selling them cheaper than I want to sell them. And they're using the wrong keywords. They're using horrible bullet points. They're making the product look bad. They're charging too little. 
I can see that being a very big deal. <laughs> yeah, and Amazon Amazon does recognize that they in the last couple of years they have really tried to focus on catering and giving brand owners um, a little bit more love on Amazon. Their main goal is to always make sure that the, their shopper, the Amazon consumer, is first and foremost the top priority, and having brands speak about their product is the best way. So it's if you attach your brand to your seller page, um, you do get you do get to control the bullets and the images a little bit better, but you don't get to control the price. Awesome. As a reminder, you can check out all previous episodes at learnfromothers.org. So, Amanda, we learned what you wanted to be when you grew up and what you actually do today. So if you could do it all over again, what would you do differently? Oh, you know, I... And if, you know, if I send, I love my old brands and I love the company that I came from. I, but I stayed there a little bit too long. I was uh, with that company 20 years and I, I loved it so much and every day was great. But I, had I have done this a little bit earlier, I may have been a little bit further along at this point. Yeah. Great advice. I think a lot of folks are hesitant to take that big jump and then they look back and wish they had done it earlier. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm a, you know, I come from a generation, my, my, father worked for Procter and Gamble for 35 years. That was a big deal, the longevity in a company, but you know, self-exploration is good as well. Yeah, totally agree. Well, let's make the assumption someone in our audience wants to do what you do, wants to be a brand development leader. What advice would you give them? Gosh, when you're when you're starting and beginning, grasp onto as many different product categories as possible. Um, it is so fun to learn about different types of products and, and figure out the selling category within those products. Um, don't limit yourself to just sporting goods or just socks or things like that. Okay. No, that's really great advice. So are there any current projects you're working on that you would like to share? Yeah, let me, let me think through that. We have a couple cool brand launches that we're working on right now, and I am under an NDA. I can't really go into detail on them, but it, it's been really fun to take brands from the ground up. And I've been able to do that with uh, the Fisher Group here. And, you know, just to take an inventor with a drawing and to watch that manufacturing machine get built and then to watch it run on the machine and then to know I get to sell it um, is a lot of fun. And maybe we can touch back when I can actually disclose some of those brand names and you know your shop your listeners can go buy them on shelf yeah and that's a great moment for me to say go to learnfromothers.org and sign up for a newsletter i only do it like once a month so i don't spam anybody (laughs) but in that newsletter i'll have updates such as yours when it's appropriate so i appreciate that yeah okay well as with most journeys success largely depends on reliable transportation and we don't know each other but i'm a huge car enthusiast so could you please tell me what was your first car white LeBaron convertible and I used to take put that top down and drive to work and jam the country music <laughs> wow that's the Chrysler LeBaron convertible correct probably like yeah. 1985 1984 something like uh, that probably probably around that time yeah 92 I think it was actually oh a lot newer okay okay yeah. <laughs> well that's cool well what's your dream car if you have one okay so my dream car is going to be a pickup truck a new one and it's going to be hauling some sort of awesome boat on the back of it. Wow. Okay. An awesome boat behind a pickup truck. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, one great perk to some jobs is a company car. So if I had all the money in the world, I'd love to buy you a really cool company <laughs> car based on your job. Now, yours was a lot of fun. Like when I do these, I never know what direction it's going to go in. Yeah. And originally, I was thinking that you work directly for Amazon, which you don't. So I went, <laughs> so I Googled like, 
the best car for the Amazon, thinking, you know, okay. the actual jungle. And yeah. <laughs> that led me to, ironically, a lot of stuff pulled up that Amazon's currently doing with cars, like investing in electric cars, investing in autonomous yeah. cars. And I said, no. Everything. Right. Yeah. So I said, oh, maybe not that. So I, I Googled the best car for a jungle, and that was SUVs and trucks. So anyways, I kind of did a hybrid of the both. So what <laughs> happened was, is Amazon's invest has like invested $700 million in this new company called, I think it's called, let's see, Rivian. So have you ever heard of the Rivian SUV and pickup truck? I have not. Okay. So I hadn't either. And it's really cool. It's brand new. They're really kind of cool looking. I'll send you a picture. So I picked for you a 2020 Rivian EAV, which actually stands for Electric Adventure Vehicle. Ah. And yeah, and their theme is keep the world adventurous forever. So this actually aligns with exactly what you just said, which usually doesn't Very happen on these. Cool. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> yeah, it's all electric. It's really cool looking. They have a pickup, a sport U. They're like zero to 60 in three seconds, ah, and they have 400 miles cool. of range. So I will send you the information, and okay. that's the truck I would get for you if I had all the money wow. in the world. Well, and did you know that Amazon is, uh, it wasn't named Amazon to begin with. It was named something, and and everybody thought it kind of sounded like Cadaver, uh, Cadabra is what they were going to call it. And oh, wow. <laughs> they wound up naming it Amazon because of the Amazon River and that how big the Amazon River was, and that's how that got there. So, Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for taking on your journey today. All right. Thank you. Well, good luck to you. This is a very cool podcast, and as my, as my contact information is up there. Um, and there is somebody who wants to learn. We do have an internship program here. Anybody who may be, you know, in the area or even wants to write off-site, if it's not in Ohio, I'd be willing to listen. Well, thank you so much for taking us on your career journey today. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Where will our next adventure take us? Subscribe to find out. If you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation, contact Greg through Instagram at Greg Stanley LFO. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-L-F-O. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.